Merry Christmas, Hope Chapel. And I see we have family members here who I have not met, um, guests, and uh, what a joy it is to come before you and bring some good cheer through the gospel message of the birth of Jesus. I do want to say I appreciate the Lord's gift of blessing people with a heart of worship. Excuse me, a heart of song. We worship in many ways. One way is through song. And this morning, or this evening, excuse me, it was a blessing to come in here and hear the singing, the clapping. We don't do that very often here at Hope Chapel. When I first got here a couple years ago, one of the things I heard is that people at Hope Chapel just don't have rhythm. But God likes to grow churches, and as he has grown this church, people have come with rhythm. And, uh, hey, <laughs> it sounded great, guys. Uh, as you know um, from previous, I enjoy hearing songs. While I cannot sing that well, um, I like to listen to lyrics. And the reason why is because, as a child, I didn't learn how to express emotion. Many of us don't know how to express emotion. So we go to the grocery store, we go, into the, we go to the card aisle, and we might read a good Hallmark card. Or we might hear a good song and think, man, that's exactly how I feel. That's how I feel. That's exactly what I was thinking. I just can't get it out myself. And so one of the things I was listening to this morning, which altered my approach this evening, is the song Noel, and here's the first portion of the lyrics. Love incarnate, love divine, star and angels gave the sign. Bow to babe on bended knee, the savior of humanity. Unto us a child is born, he shall reign forevermore. I mean, that's a Hallmark card. That's the lyric, that's straight from scripture. How beautiful. So when we sing to the Lord, let us not just open our mouth and repeat what we see on the screens, but let us read those words. Let us take them in and really meditate on what we're actually saying with our mouths when we praise God. Today's message is going to be out of Luke chapter 1 and 2. We're not going to go through the whole thing. There's two specific passages that I will address uh, to hopefully... With all discipline, grace, and mercy bring forth the story, the historical account of Jesus' birth for you all. But before we do that, join me, please, in prayer as we petition the Father to be with us here tonight. Father, by your grace and your mercy, we have breath in our lungs. By your grace and your mercy, we are alive today to receive an opportunity to glorify you and you alone. Tonight, I pray that while we celebrate this glorious night, the night before the birth of our Savior, that you will be with us, you will be present. I know that you are because you are faithful, you are true, you're a promise keeper. 
And when you left this world, you, you promised us, God. You said, I will leave you a comforter. And he is here. He is well in our midst. Let your Holy Spirit bring forth its presence to our knowledge, to our hearts and our souls, as we welcome in your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so going into Luke, I'm going to read verses 26 through 33. We'll discuss this, and then we'll go into chapter 2. Starting at verse 26, chapter 1 of Luke. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But, as Kurt alluded to earlier, she was greatly troubled at this saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So the angel Gabriel is not, he's, he arrived to Zechariah earlier to proclaim that he would have a son being John the Baptist. He also arrived to Daniel. There's only two angels that are actually named in scripture. It's Gabriel and Michael. These, guys, these angels came with a purpose, with a message to proclaim to people. Now you have to remember that this is, right after a period of 400 years of silence. As we would say, a period of darkness. There's no hope in the land. People are hurting. And the angel comes and visits a young woman who will carry a son in her womb. This child would be special, and therefore the mother would have to be rightfully prepared for this task. Now, the mother comes from the line of David, as well as the, the man who would step in the place of the father to take care of this child, Joseph. If you remember, King David was the smallest of his brothers. He was the smallest one, probably the weakest, probably the most attached to his emotions, the most loving, but he was chosen to carry out a task that seemed impossible he was going to deliver Israel from the Philistines by hitting Goliath in the head with a stone. From this same line would come another child, but this child is not going to save Israel from the Philistines. He's not here to save specifically from the Roman Empire. This child came to save the world, to be the savior of the world. Mary was a virgin. 
and she was betrothed to uh, Joseph. Now, if you go back to Deuteronomy, this is going to be important. What happened to a woman who was betrothed and a virgin who was caught laying with another man? She would be taken to the city gates and she would be stoned to death for what she did. That's going to be important as we see Joseph's response to what is about to take place. The angel comes to Mary and says, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Mary, too, was afraid. Kurt mentioned it earlier out of chapter 2 with the shepherds. Remember, they haven't seen or heard any messages from God in over 400 years. So just imagine being in your bedroom, whether you're reading a book, watching TV, playing with toys, and all of a sudden you hear a sound come up from behind you. So you turn around quickly, and in your midst is a man. Are you going to be afraid? You probably would, and it's healthy that you would be afraid. That's not normal. It wasn't normal then. It's not normal now. It won't be normal tomorrow. But this is what happened. Can you see why she was afraid? The angel knew this, and he says, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. She responds appropriately. How will this be? since I am a virgin. Something I caught while I was doing my studies is it's very intriguing that she doesn't mention any of the rest of what he said. What else does he say? Let's go back. He, this child, verses 32 through 33, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. What about all of that? Why didn't Mary say a word to the angel about that? Remember, she's the favored one from the line of David. I can almost guarantee that Joseph and her talked about God. And that her father and her father's father talked about the Lord. And they, they prophesied and they, they shared the historical account and the forthcoming, what Jesus, this Messiah was going to come. She knew the story. That's why she didn't ask about it. But this virgin thing, we got to talk about this. Because <laughs> like the angels coming, someone being in your room, this, just, this isn't normal. So Gabriel does what any messenger of God does, and he explains it. Verses 35 through 37. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age, important, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, with whom? With her who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. There are two points here that I'd like to point out. Number one, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. This should sound very familiar as the first page you turn to in Scripture, Genesis chapter 1 talks about the Holy Spirit hovering over the face of the deep. Before what? Before God spoke. And when God speaks, things happen. The same thing here. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you, Mary. Nothing is impossible for God. 
in your human finite state, it is impossible for a virgin, uh, excuse me, a virgin to have a baby, but not with God. Number two, Elizabeth in her old age, barren, meaning she cannot have children. This should remind us of Sarah, but she has a child. Now she's pregnant, six months into her pregnancy. These are two miracles that God performed before coming to Mary with this message. And like anyone favored from God, she's convinced. No more further conversation here. This is a representation of what's called faith, having childlike faith. For the children and the young adults here, you have the ability to believe in God with innocence. Keep that. For the adults who have lost this childlike faith through adulting, the Lord can renew that. Luke 38, chapter 1, verse 38. And Mary said, behold, this is the, this is the sound of somebody who has faith in God. This right here. Listen to what Mary says. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let it be according to your word. That's lining herself up with God. Mary's concern is not of herself. It's not Joseph. It's not her friends, her family, her neighbors. But her sole concern is in the Lord. Those who find favor in the Lord can only do one thing. They can only respond in one way, and that's to worship. Okay? In this sense, that is to sing songs, what we just did. Luke 1, 46 through 50. Here's Mary singing praises to God. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humblest state of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. She's, she's singing in worship to God because she knows the Father is bringing the Savior. And she knows she needs this Savior because she knows that she is a sinner. And what do sinners need? A Savior. Even more, she's rejoicing all the more because not only is this Savior coming for her, but he's coming for any who would believe. All who would believe in the Son shall not perish but receive eternal life. This is why she rejoices. This is why we ought to rejoice. Salvation is for all who would believe. What child is this? The Savior. <laughs> That's what child this is. This mercy, the sending of the Son into the world, a Savior, the Messiah, is for all who will fear him. Not only is Jesus the Savior of Mary, like we said, but he is also the Savior who is a Jew, but he's also the Savior of the Gentiles. Everybody. I can't say that enough. 
Now there's one thing that has to be done and Mary has to tell Joseph. And so Mary tells Joseph all that was done. I imagine she had the full conversation. An angel showed up in my bedroom and told me these things. Again, this is not normal, guys. This is not normal. So any man in his fallen state will doubt and have fear and worry and concern. But God is faithful to comfort everybody he chooses. Matthew 1, 20 through 21. An angel shows up to Joseph. Again, Matthew 1, 20 through 21. And then we'll hit verse 24. Joseph, son of David. Here we go again. Do not fear. Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Here's the best part. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. Again, here's another individual from this same narrative who says, let your will be done. I'll do as I'm told. That's how we ought to respond when the Lord pricks our hearts, when he comes into us and tells us his ways. Like Joseph, do you ever struggle to believe? Are you struggling to believe this story, this historical account, this true story that happened in history? Do you struggle to believe it? Do you struggle to believe all of what God says in this book? Not here, here. The vision and response of the vision, his obedience, tells us that we serve a God who will comfort us in our disbelief. Not condemn. But through his perfect wisdom, he brings you hope by comforting you in your doubts. Joseph woke from his sleep and immediately he obeyed. Now this was all taking place during that tyrannical rule of the Roman Empire and everybody was being commanded to go back to their hometowns and register. The man of the house was responsible to take his family back to where he came if he wasn't already there and register him and his family. So Joseph and Mary pack up in Nazareth and they go to, Beth to Bethlehem where Joseph lived, where he was born. Okay, that's about a 31-hour walk straight and in those days, probably about three days of a journey. They take this journey down to Bethlehem, and while they're there, Mary goes into labor. The time is coming, the sun is arriving, the Savior of the world is coming into this world for a job, for a mission, for a task that no man can have. No man can do what he's coming to do. There's not a man on earth, woman, Child, nobody. It had to be this one. Nearby in a field at night, a group of shepherds were doing their job. Shepherding in the, in the fields. <laughs> it's nighttime. I imagine it's dark. And like I was telling the, youth, the children in youth ministry, what do we do in the dark as humans? We get a little silent because we can't see so well in the dark. It's more dangerous in the dark than it is in the light. So I imagine they're being very quiet, 
keeping watch over the flock for the wolves and, and the other predators that might come and steal away their flock. And out of nowhere appears an angel again. The angels are coming all over the place and they're scaring everybody. It's only because it's not normal. It's just not normal. But it's beautiful because everything they come to do is great. Because they come to do what? The will of the Father in heaven. <laughs> awesome. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 14. The angel replies, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. All the people. Everybody. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace amongst those whom he has pleased. There's a lot packed in there. There's a lot in that passage. They bring good news. Great news. And as soon as the angel says this, now here's the shepherds looking up or down. I don't know which way they're looking, but they're looking at this one angel and suddenly appears many more angels. A host of angels. Scripture says a multitude. This can mean armies, plural, in the Greek and the Hebrew, armies, plural, of angels. I've seen armies. They're big. <laughs> big in number, and they pack a punch. And here's armies of angels all in the sky. The glory of the Lord is all around, and here they are singing songs, praising God. Now, up to this point, who praises God? Where does the songs come from? From man to heaven. But for some reason, all the songs are coming from heaven down to earth. They've breached the gates of heaven. And they bring praises of God. An introduction only worthy of a righteous and holy king. And when does it happen? At the birth of this child. There's a saying in here that I want you guys to pay attention to. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. How can we please a righteous and holy God? It's impossible. That's why we need the Savior. That's why we need the Son. And lying in a manger, a feeding trough, where animals eat, lies our God, our King. Mary and Joseph and the shepherds, and later on some wise men would show up, and they would bend their knees for this child. Did you guys bow to any of your kids when they were born? I hope not. 
But for this child, people bow their knee. Why is that? Because he's the Savior. He came to save the world. That's what all the joy is about. And you know, we can end there and say, okay, we checked the block, we preached the story of Christ born and call it a night. But for those of you who have been tracking and keeping up with Jason's advent, if you know the definition of it and what it's for, you look to the birth of Christ, but you also look to the second coming of Christ. We can look back in history and say, yeah, okay, all right, I got it. 400 years of silence. They're being murdered by the Roman Empire by the numbers. There's all this horror going on, and God sends a Savior into the world, saves them, and now they're good. We can stop there and forget, brothers and sisters, that we desperately need Christ today. Desperately. The hurt, the pain, the turmoil, the tribulations, the wars, the famines, they're still happening all over the world. It doesn't end there. So we look to the child in the manger. We praise God. But if you continue a little bit further, you're going to see what that child came to do. He came to die on a cross. His destiny, if that's what you want to call it, his purpose in coming to earth was to die. That's what he came to do. And to those who have been saved by this king, this is a glorious event. And what is the father doing as of this moment? The father is bringing to the son gift after gift after gift. And that gift is the souls of men, women, and children all over the world who hear the gospel. They acknowledge, I need this king to save my soul because without him, I die for all eternity. I want to put away my selfishness. I want to put away my greed. I want to put away all of my ideas. And I want to accept this king for who he is. God of the universe. He speaks and the world falls into existence. The whole universe is held by his hand. This is the child lying in a manger. And we come tonight to glorify our king. For he is worthy of all praise. So I, I hope, I hope, I just hope that this message is a gift to you. For those of you who have not fully thrown your life on the ground before the altar of the Lord Most High, I just hope that you will hear this good news. You don't have to live in pain. You're going to have it. Don't hear me wrong. This life is full of it. I wake up every morning and I have to decide each morning who am I going to follow, myself or Christ. The mornings when I wake up and I don't choose the path of Christ, I suffer dearly. The mornings when I wake up and I choose to follow Christ, I go through the same things I did the day before, but I don't suffer dearly. Why? Because I have the Lord in my mind and in my heart and in my soul. For those of you who have 
Put everything you have at the altar of Christ, at the cross, at the foot of the cross. Rejoice. Salvation is yours. And I I hope that there's some encouragement there. I wake up and I go through the same things all of you do. The same emotions. The difference between a person who knows the Lord and the person who doesn't, the person who knows the Lord has learned there's only one place I can go. I can't go to my wife. I can't go to my children. I can't go to the doctors. I can't go to the government. I can't go anywhere else but Christ. He is my Savior. Only Him. And that takes discipline. It takes time. And you're already practicing right now. That's the best part. You're here today. That's all it takes. One step. Every morning, every day, take one step closer to the cross. Get in the word of God and read. Sing praises to our Lord. That's what it starts. Now, I'm not saying you have the power of your salvation, but what I am saying is this, is that Jesus will take you as you are. I didn't become perfect, and then he's like, yeah, that works. He will take you as you are. He will pull you in. He will sprinkle you with clean water. He will remove your heart of stone and put a heart of flesh in you. He will give you a new spirit. And he will cause you to follow his ways each day. That's what this child is. That is salvation. That's what this is all about. So, as the Father gives good gifts, I pray that each of you, tonight, tomorrow, whatever your traditions are, be with, be with your family. Smile, laugh, receive, and give. Enjoy. Because it's all given us by God. Not because we've done anything great but because he's great. That's what Christmas is, brothers and sisters. So what child is this that the angels would come and sing? I want to read the last portion of that song, Noel. Um, The lyrics go, Son of God, Son of Man, there before the world began, born to suffer, born to save, born to raise us from the grave. Christ, the everlasting Lord, he will reign forevermore. Come and see what God has done. Brothers and sisters, Merry Christmas. God is good. All the time? All right, good. (laughs) Let's pray. Will you stand? Everybody stand with me. Let's prepare our hearts. Hey, tomorrow... It's going to be a day of joy. Tonight is a night of joy. Amen. Love you guys. It's, it's been an honor, truly, to know and to be blessed by the Lord our God. I, I can't express enough how much life has become so much more purposeful, having been given this new spirit, being able to walk in this new way. It's a, it's a, it's a wonderful blessing from God, and I pray that you too would receive this blessing, this gift from God. 
take a step towards the Lord and receive that gift of salvation. Let us pray. Father God, thank you so much. I pray that you will be a continuous blessing. In this world. Lord, there is so much going on in our world today, but you are powerful. I pray that any heart in here tonight that has not received the gift of your salvation, anybody online who might hear this prayer, I pray that you, God, would move in a powerful way by your Holy Spirit. Send him out to save the souls of the lost so that when you return in that, day, that great day of judgment, you might look at them and say, well done, my good and faithful servants. And to my brothers and sisters, I thank you for them. Thank you for strengthening us through each other. Thank you for not leaving us alone on this earth, but coming here in the form of a man so that we might have this salvation from you. Thank you, God. And all the children of God said, Amen.